want to read some verses here that the Lord has put on my heart for the service this morning. I ask you to pray for us. Realize and understand I can't do anything without His help. Certainly need Him today. I'm not don't have the ability to preach without it. No man does. Many think they do. But I can't do anything without him. I need his help. and need his touch today. And I appreciate your prayers for us that the Lord would help us. And I want to be a help and a blessing to you. That's my desire this morning. Mark chapter 8, when you found your place, if you'd stand out of reverence and honor the reading of the Word of God. Going to read some scripture I think would be fairly familiar scripture. And I don't know that I've ever preached from this scripture in this manner, but this is the way the Lord laid it on my heart. I don't know anything else to do but follow Him, and I know that'll work. We'll just give ourselves to the Lord, let Him do in our midst what He desires to do for us. We can all leave better than we come today. Mark chapter 8, I want to begin reading in verse number 22. And He, talking about Jesus, He cometh to Bethsaida, They bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, we read these verses here and there's great types and and pictures in this scripture and in this story and the word of God about this blind man. We find here in the scripture that there's a great type of illumination. Of course, Brother Steve dealt with that. Some while he was here in revival with us about that the light of the word of God comes in. It reveals to us in conviction as a sinner where we are and who we are. There's a great type of that pictured here in this first touch by the Lord. I'm glad that he did touch me in that manner one blessed day. I thought about growing up, you know, as a young boy, I was took to church all my life. I believed the facts all my life, but there was a blessed day in my life when the Lord touched me and showed me who I was and where I was and where I was headed without the grace and the mercy of God. For you see, the Bible teaches us that we're in darkness as sinners. And then the Bible said that it is the God of this world that it blinded the minds of them that believe not. But then the Bible speaks about the light of the glorious gospel. A man that's in darkness cannot see where he is. A man that's in darkness cannot see his great need. I've heard many people say, heard preachers use types many times about being in a dirty room. And as long as the lights are off and the darkness is there, you cannot see. You can convince yourself and deceive yourself that maybe it's not as bad as it really is. But once the light gets turned on and it's revealed to you just how bad it is, there is no denying it. That point of the condition that you're in. We see that.
right here in the scripture that Jesus touched the eyes of this dying man. The Bible said he asked him if he saw all. What he meant by that is do you see anything? And he said I see men like trees walking around. And you say I don't understand that. Well what the scripture showing is that Jesus touched him to reveal to him just how great his need of sight really was. Now this is one scripture if you read and study the scriptures this is one blind man that the Bible never records him asking for a touch from the Lord. We read about Bartimaeus that sat by the highway side begging and he cried out now son of David have mercy on me. They tried to get him to be quiet but he cried the more a great deal. Why? Because that was his desire was to have his sight again or to have his sight given to him. We read about others in the word of God that were blind. Maybe they that had leprosy or they that were diseased coming and beseeching him to touch them and make them whole. But we never read about this man ever asking for himself. Bible said they brought him to Jesus. And they, the ones that brought him, besought Jesus that he would touch him. You can have your opinion, I can have mine, but I believe in the scripture what the Lord was trying to get us to understand is maybe this man did not yet realize how great of a need that he really had in his life. But when the Lord touched him and he began to see unclearly, then he said, I need to have that touch. I realize how much I need you, Lord. So there's a great type of that. There's a great type of salvation in that second touch when the Bible said that he touched him again and the Bible said that his eyes were open and he saw every man clearly. I'm glad for the day that the Lord touched me the first time and allowed the light of the gospel to come in. But I'm glad he didn't leave me in that shape just like he didn't leave this man in this shape. But I'm glad for the day he touched me and the writer said he made me whole. But I began to read and the Lord began to deal with my heart. And I'm just going to preach from my heart this morning. And a lot of people say I'm a little too personal when I preach, but I don't know any other way to be. If the Lord deals with my heart about something, i got to do it. And that's what I feel like I need to do this morning. God convicted me yesterday. And I want to preach from that conviction that he put in me about some things in my life. And I want to deal. I, want to, I think there can be an application here, not just to sinners in the illumination, and the salvation but I believe the scripture can be applied to the child of God and it's not seeing clearly not seeing like we ought to see now you say preacher I don't understand that well I was reading this scripture and I saw something the Holy Ghost let me see something I never had noticed before in verse number 25 of the Bible said he was restored now the word restore means to bring back to the former state and so if that is true, if that is right, if that's accurate, then this would give the implication that he had seen before. 
uh, that there was a time that he couldn't see, uh, but something had happened and he couldn't see uh, clearly anymore. And I believe that's where many of the people of God are in this day. There was a day uh, that you could see clearly, but something's happened uh, and you're not able to see as clear as you once did. And so I want to preach this morning on seeing clearly. Uh, now there's a lot of things that can happen. A lot of things that can come in our life. The Lord Jesus Christ uh, dealt with it in Mark's God, or Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel about when that one said, let me get the a beam out of my brother's eye or the mold out of my brother's eye and can't even see the beam or that's in her own eye. That's called hypocrisy. And that's what Jesus called. He called him a hypocrite. You study the scripture, the word mold, it means a piece of chaff. It means a, a piece of straw, a twig. Uh, what it means is that if it is chaff, it's the outer covering on the tops of the wheat. would have been a very small thing. And he said, you want to get uh, the mold, that little thing out of your brother's eye. But he said, you don't even see the beam that's in your own eye. There are things that are distorted in our vision. There are things that we've deceived ourselves about. There are things that we have talked ourselves into. And there are things that have come and clouded our vision. And the Lord began to deal with my heart about me not seeing like I ought to see. And He dealt with me about some things this week that can cloud the vision of the people of God. And I just want to give them to you. I think I got three this morning. If the Lord will help me and you'll pray for me. But the first one He brought to my heart was discontentment that will cause you not to see clearly not being content and this is the one the Lord really dealt and I may not get off this one but I'm going to preach this one because this is the main one the Lord dealt with my heart about I went out yesterday to pray and of course yesterday was Christmas and I'm just going to preach what my experience and you can take it for what you will I pray the Lord will work in your heart like he worked in mine we're all flesh, we're all creatures of habit we want to serve ourselves we want everything to go well we want everything to just be perfect and I went out yesterday to pray and I was thinking the Lord is really uh, informal. You know, I was uh, uh, really going through the motions, if you want me to be honest with you. And I got down, when I got done praying, I didn't say it out loud, uh, but in my mind I thought, Lord, uh, things could be a lot different. I thought about my children, they were under the weather. And uh, my mother's sick. We didn't get to go spend any time with her. Uh, my grandmother, she's still afraid of everything that's going on. And a lot of things happened there. And we didn't get to go there. And in my mind, I thought, Lord, uh, things could be a lot different. And I was honest. I, I mean, that's just how I thought. And many of you, maybe you thought that over the Christmas season. Uh, maybe you didn't get to do things you wanted to do. Uh, or go places you wanted to go. Or see people you did you wanted to see. Uh, and maybe in your heart, you thought it could be a lot different, Lord. And that's what I said in my heart. And the Holy Ghost said, yes, sir, it could be. He said, you could be in the hospital today. Or you could be at the funeral home today. Or you could be bearing a loved one today. Or your family could be broke apart today. Or you could have nothing today. Or you could be one of them out yonder searching for their loved ones under the rubble and don't even know where they are today. And God let me see a little clearly yesterday about how good I really have it. And if you, if God 
would help you this morning would open your eyes to the reality. You may say it could have been different. Yes, it could. It could be a lot different this morning. We could be preaching your funeral today. We could be walking behind your casket today. It could be your loved one that's in the hospital. It could be your loved one that's out yonder in sin. It could be your loved one that's in trouble. I'm telling you, it could be a lot different this morning. Boy, it really convicted my heart. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm flesh just like you are. Sometimes we think the preacher's a superhuman, and I ain't. I got as many faults, maybe more as you do. And the Lord put it on my heart. He said, now when you gather together with your family, your wife's family, we gathered together with them yesterday. He said, I want you to tell them what I told you. I said, okay, Lord, I will. But you know, that was early in the morning, about 9 o'clock. We wasn't going to get together till 12. And the whole time between 9 and 12, I tried to reason out of telling what the Lord had put on my heart. I began to tell you ever bargain with God? I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm preaching my heart this morning. I don't know anything else to do. You ever bargain with God? I did. I did yesterday. And you have too if you've been safe for any length of time. I said, Lord, I didn't know how to bring up the conversation. That's a shame, ain't it? I mean, I didn't know what to say. I just ought to say what God told me to say. I mean, that's how our flesh works sometimes. I said, Lord, if you'll let be, you know, went to be in a modeling's house. And I said, if you'll let be and ask me to say the blessing, and that'll open the door, and I'll, I'll say what you want me to say, and then I'll pray. But he didn't ask me to say the blessing. And I'm not, I'm not mad about that. It just didn't work that way. And so they went on being said something. He testified of the goodness of God. Then he asked somebody to pray. And I just sat by quiet. And there's many openings for me to say it. I didn't say it. But then finally we got around the table. And the Lord knew what he was doing. The conversation kept coming up about it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be worse. And the Lord was picking my heart the whole time. And so I sat there at the table and I said, listen folks, I gotta say something. I should have said it earlier. I told the Lord promised him I would and I'm going to have to say it. I began to tell them what the Lord told me. I watched tears begin to roll out of some of them's eyes at the reality that set in and that maybe sometimes as the people of God we don't see as clear as we once did. Discontentment comes in. And you know what discontentment does? It lets you see what you want to see. An old preacher said one time about said, be careful what you look for, you'll find it every time. If you're desiring to see something, you can find it. Oh, the Lord took my heart over yonder to first Kings chapter 19. Oh, the chapter after Elijah's called fire down from heaven. Oh, the chapter after the victory's been won. Oh, the chapter after the prophets of Baal been slain. And their blood run red in the brook Kidron. And everything should be going well. But the Bible said that Jezebel heard and said, I'll make him like one of them by this time tomorrow. And the Bible said, verse 3 of chapter 19, go home and read it. And when Elisha saw it, he didn't see any more of the victory on Carmel. He didn't see any more of the victory God gave. He didn't see the fire again. He didn't see the people rejoicing. He didn't see all God had done. But all Elijah saw was, oh, it's going to be rough now. Elijah said it ain't fair. Go home and read it. First Kings chapter 19. He went over yonder and sat down. He said, I've been very jealous. I'm no better than my fathers. And I just want to die. 
That's what the Bible said, said he wished to die. The chapter after that he had called fire down from heaven and God had answered and God had showed that he was God and none other. But now the very next chapter, Elijah said, kill me now. Say what happened? Something changed in what he saw. He saw what he wanted to see. That's all he could see. And I'm going to tell you in these days we'll see what we want to see. And a lot of times what we want to see is not what God wants us to see. Elijah got up and he went over yonder in the cave and the boy spoke to him. The angel came before and told him to arise and eat for the journey would be too hard. And he went 40 days and 40 nights and the strength of that meat came to the cave, went inside, sat down and wished again to die. And the Lord passed by and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah said, I've been very jealous for you. I've served you. I've been faithful. I've obeyed. I've done what you told me to do. And he said, now they seek my life. And he said, I'm no better than my fathers. They've killed my fathers before me and they're going to kill me now. He said, will you just kill me, Lord, and take me on out of here? And the Lord said, Elijah, get up from here. He said, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. The Lord said, I've got 7,000 reserved to me that have not yet died to Baal, nor kissed his image. Elijah couldn't see that. All Elijah saw is it's only me, God, and they're coming after me. And the Lord said, clear your eyes, boy. Something more to see than what you see. Elijah was discontented. And I'm going to tell you in these days. I don't know how the Lord might speak to you, but I know how he spoke to me. Now, he said the same thing to me yesterday. He said to Elijah, for me to clear my eyes, there's more to see than what I see. And I'm going to tell you, we, we jump on Elijah, we jump on others, but I'm going to tell you we're the same as they are. How many pity parties have we had? How many times have we felt like it's all me, just me and nobody else? How many times have we wished to die? You say, I ain't never done it. Well, you're better than I am. There have been days I wish to die. I wish it was all over. Yes, sir, and the Lord said, change your vision. There's something more to see. Discontentment will change your vision. It'll cloud your vision. It'll change the way you see. The Bible said Jesus touched this man's eyes and he saw clearly. Oh, today, I wish the Holy Ghost would touch the eyes of the people of God. And once again, in these last days, let us see clearly again. Yes, sir, brother. See what the Lord's are seeing. Discontentment, it'll change your view. Then I thought about the Lord put these on my heart. I thought about discouragement, it'll change your view. Despair, it'll change your view. They go hand in hand. It's like a one-two step. Discouragement sets in. If it's not dealt with, then despair comes. Discouragement is feeling low. Discouragement is being brought to the bottom. The word despair that means to feel like there is no hope. A discouragement step one. Despair step two. If step one's not dealt with, and discouragement and despair will change the way you see things. If you don't believe me, read the Word of God. You don't have to take my opinion for it. Read the Word of God. Let's read in 2 Kings when Elisha has warned the king of Israel not to pass by certain places for the king of Syria is wanting to pick a battle and fight and overcome. And the king of Syria gets angry and he sends warriors to pass the city. And Elisha's servant walks out and he says, Alas, master, how shall we do? 
were all surrounded. He saw them chariots. I don't think the king sent the weakest men. I think he sent the most mighty men. I think he had the chariots shine. I think he combed the horses and said, you go out and show them what we're made of. And that servant said, what are we going to do? That's what the word says. He said, how shall we do? What that means is what we're going to do now. I mean, how are we going to make it? There's more of them than there are of us. But I'm going to tell you the word of God never says anything about Elisha coming out, Elisha analyzing or assessing the situation. All it says is that he prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Bible said he did. And the, the servant looked around in them chariots that looked so good before. They didn't look the same this time. But the Bible said he saw had not brazen chariots of the king's army, had not white horses of the king's army, had not big men of the king's warriors. But he said he saw chariots of fire and horses of fire around about. And he said it's okay. There's more with us than there is with them. That's right. I'm going to tell you in these days many times we look around and we feel like there's more with them than there is with us. There's more with the world than there is with us. There's more with Washington than there is with us. There's more with the enemy than there is with God's people. But I'm going to tell you that's from a voice of discouragement. That's some sign of despair. But oh Lord, would you open our eyes that we might see in these days that there's more with us than there is with them. I understand. You say the Bible don't read that way. Well, if you want to take a verse out of context, it might not. I understand we read the scripture Jesus said there's two ways. There's a broad way that leads to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. And then he said there's a narrow way that leads to life and few there be that find it. And if we want to just go by that scripture and tell us that there's more with them than there is with us. But what are we going to do with the scripture that says if God be for us, who can be against us? What are we going to do with the scripture that says can anybody lay anything to the charge of God's elect? What are we going to do with the scripture when Joshua was afraid to go to Jericho and the Lord said if you're afraid, go down yonder and walk about the city and look at it for yourself. And the Bible said Joshua when he saw a man standing with a sword on his hand and Joshua fell down and he said, oh, tell me, are you for us or for our adversaries? And the man said, nay. Now that don't compute to us. What that man said is neither. I'm not on your side and I'm not on their side. He said, I'm the side. He said, I'm the captain of the host of the armies of the Lord. And he said, it's my side or no side. I'm going to tell you in these days we've got called up in our viewpoint about us and them, us and them. And we think about our side and their side. I'm going to tell you it ain't our side and it ain't their side. But I'm going to tell you it's God's side. And if you're on God's side, you're on the winning side. Of the right or wrong, I'm on the winning side. I'm glad this morning to know that sometimes my vision gets cloudy and something gets in the way and I can't see like I used to see. That discouragement and despair, it changes the way you see things. If you don't believe me, read Acts 27. See if discouragement and despair don't change the way you see things. 
The Lord, we read Acts 27, we never stop to back up and read the chapters before it. That we, we glory in the fact, and I'm not saying anything bad about it, but we glory in the fact that Paul had got a word from God in the storm. But I'm going to tell you the same word in the storm that Paul had already got before the storm ever came. God already made Paul a promise. He said, you will stand before Caesar. But then the storm come. And discouragement set in. You think they weren't discouraged? Hadn't seen the sun of the stars in 14 days. They didn't have GPS. They didn't have a tracking system. The only way for them to know where they were was to see the sun and the stars. So what they're saying is we don't even know where we are. And they said all hope that we... The Bible didn't say them. It didn't say they lost all hope. Now there's 276 men on board and Paul's one of them. And Paul didn't say they lost hope. He said all hope that we should be saved was taken away. They were in despair. And the Bible said after long abstinence. Don't misread the Word of God. It does not say after long absence. Now I don't know where Paul went. I don't know if he went in the belly of the ship. I don't know where he went, but I know he got a hold of God. Paul did what he wanted, what he needed to do in order to receive a word from God. Now, now Paul was fasting. He was in discouragement and despair. He said, Lord, I need to hear from heaven. And the angel of the Lord stood by him and told him the same thing he had told him before. Fear not, Paul. God's given all them that sail with thee. You're going to make it. I wonder how many times in our life after we got saved, the Lord already gave us a word when He saved us, we was going to make it. He got on board that day with the disciples and He said, let's go the other side. But the storm come. Didn't change His word. He already said we're going to the other side. But it's just their vision got changed. Their view got changed. Something come in the way and they couldn't see like they used to see. Discouragement and despair. They went running to him and said, Lord, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You're going to stay asleep and we're going to go under. And the Lord arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. He said, O ye of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? It wasn't that they were doubting his ability. They knew his ability. That's why they went running to him. It's that they doubted his word. He said, we're going the other side. Sometimes in our day we boast that we're confident in God's ability. Thank God for his ability. Thank God he's God. But what about his word? Will you take him at his word? Paul didn't doubt God's ability. That's why he went and prayed to him. Sometimes even the best of us I understand we're all flesh, but sometimes we get to thinking about some of these others. We think about the Apostle Paul. He was a godly man. God entrusted him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. I mean, he was a preacher. Probably one of the greatest that ever walked the face of the earth. But something changed his vision. And if it can happen to Paul, it can happen to us. That discouragement and despair change the way we see things. When we first started off, it was real easy to believe his word. But when the storm comes, what do we see then? Lord, help us to see clearly. Then I thought, and I'm done. I thought deception. 
has caused many of the people of God not to see clearly. I read my Bible about Laodicea. They had a vision problem. The Lord said, you say, I want you to listen here. I'm done. The Lord said, Thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And the Lord said, Knowest thou knowest not. If you go home and look up that word knowest, in its original it means to perceive with the eyes. The Lord said, You can't see that you're wretched and blind and miserable and poor and naked. He said, Anoint thine eyes with ourselves that thou mayest see. There was a time you saw, but you've deceived yourself. And I'm going to tell you, we, we talk about deception, and I, you know, I'm, there is great deception these days. Brother Tim mentioned this morning in the Sunday school hour about some of these religions and these occults. Great deception. But I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest types of deception is self-deception. And God speaks about it in His Word. You say, I don't believe that. Go home and read Galatians chapter 6. The Bible said if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And there's a lot of people that are living a life of self-deception. And it's changing the way they see things. Laodicea had deceived herself. They said it's just part of our day. We have everything every other church has and more. And we have a big bill and we have a big number. And we have money in the bank. We have the programs. And we got a good preacher. We got all these things. But God said you're not seeing right. We're living in a day when many of the people of God have deceived their self. I'm going to tell you, I'm just trying to preach what's on my heart and I'm about done. One of the greatest deceptions of our day that we have deceived, the church has deceived ourselves into believing that it's the last days, which I believe it is. But we think because of that, it just has to be this way. We've been sold the line and we took it hook, line, and sinker that we can't have the power of God in the last days. That we can't experience revival. That God just ain't saving sinners. That the church is just not going to progress in these last days. But that ain't nowhere in this book. I'm going to tell you what's happened. We've lost the power of God in these last days. We've quit being willing to pay the price to have the power of God in these days. We've become comfortable not having the power of God in these days. And then when we get around somebody that does, that's when we must deceive ourselves, Just like Laodicea did and say, we're good. We got all we need. We don't need anything. I'm going to tell you, it ain't in there in the, in the print, but it's in there between the lines, I believe, with all my heart. And I'm not trying to add to the Word of God. But they said we have need of nothing. They said, we have all we need. And the Lord's on the outside. So what they were really saying is, Lord, we don't really even need you. We've learned how to have church without you. I'm going to tell you, that's exactly where the majority of churches in America stand today. We've learned to have church without God. 
Preachers have learned to preach without God. Singers have learned to sing without God. Testifiers have learned to testify without God. People have even learned to cry without Him, to shout without Him, and all these things. But if God is not in the midst, we don't have anything. And we've deceived ourselves. Lord, help us to see more clearly. It broke my heart yesterday when the Lord spoke to me. I'm glad He did. I'm glad He didn't leave me in the shape I was in. Boy, I'd fixated on some things. And you may not be like me. And I hope you're not. But I'd fixated on a lot of things and thought, you know, these people, this person didn't do me right and that person didn't do me right and this could be different and that could be different. Lord, it could just be different. And He said, yes, sir, it could. And then He revealed to me how different it could be. Because I was so discontent with how good I had it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm preaching to a whole congregation of people. And I don't make statements like this unless the Lord tells me to, but I'm preaching to a whole congregation of people that if we'd all be honest, we're all discontent with how good we have it. We all don't see just exactly how good we really have it in these days. How good the Lord has been to us. How different this morning could really have been for all of us. Lord, help us to see clearly. As we stand all over the house, I'm done. Some have come.